Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the 4Press Podcast presented by GolfWeek.com. I'm your host, David Dusek, and this week, my guest, after many technical difficulties trying to reach him, is Steve DiMeglio. Steve is a senior writer with GolfWeek, GolfWeek.com, as well as USA Today Sports. And if you ever tried to like use your computer exactly the same way and had it not work for you, uh, that happened to me today. It was extremely frustrating. So I owe Steve a, uh, a solid because he was willing to wait for about a half an hour while I worked through some technical difficulties. But in the podcast you were about to hear, thankfully, Steve and I put a bow on the BMW Championship that was held last week at Olympia Fields, and we talk at length about John Rahm, Dustin Johnson, the U.S. Open-type setup that we saw at Olympia Fields, um, and also now the challenge that lies before Tiger Woods, who has got uh, a little bit of extra time on his hands after failing to qualify for the Tour Championship before he goes to Winged Foot Golf Club in Mamaroneck, New York, in two weeks for the U.S. Open. Steve and I also obviously preview the Tour Championship. We chat about the different format that it has from basically any other golf tournament out there, the, the creation of buzz and players energizing themselves one last time when there's only 30 players in the golf course, no fans. And we also talk about Rory McIlroy and his wife and how being a parent will probably, we think, help Rory McIlroy quite a bit to maybe become the player he was before the COVID pandemic took, uh, took golf and every other sport and put it on the bench. So stay tuned. Get stronger, hit longer, and end pain with Golf Forever. Created by Justin Leonard and co-author of the Younger Next Year Backbook, Dr. Jeremy James, Golf Forever is the take-anywhere online golf fitness program that helps you build a body prime for golf. It's simple, safe, and it works. At home, in the gym, on the golf course, Golf Forever's easy-to-follow exercises, warm-up routines, and course management videos will help you play your best pain-free. Sign up today at GolfForever.com and use promo code GOLFWEEK for a free 14-day trial. So now that the technical difficulties are all worked out, I want to welcome along Steve DiMeglio, who is live at the Eastlake Golf Club in Atlanta, Georgia, where he's going to be covering for Golf Week and GolfWeek.com, as well as USA Today Sports, the Tour Championship, the final event of the 2019-2020 PGA Tour season. Steve, before we get into previewing the Tour Championship, I just want to put a bow on the BMW Championship at Olympia Fields. You were there last week, and when you think back on this event maybe five or ten years from now, what are you going to remember first? Rom's putt? DJ's putt? How hard the golf course was? What's going to be the first thing that pops into your mind, you think? Well, I would I would say the U.S. Open-type conditions the first two, three days. Um, I mean, it was the U.S. Open. You know, you had three people under par for the first round, two people under par for the second round, two people under par for the third round, and then they decided to put water on the greens, and that changed everything. And so you had like nine subpar rounds the first three rounds, and I think they had 20-something on the final day. Um, and, again, all you need to do is water. That's what all it needed. The Greens needed water. And boom, guys started scoring. But then you had the hold, hold my beer moment with John Rahm, you know. You know, hold my beer, Dustin. I'm topping yeah. it. It's un- First of all, 
I, if you see the replays, there's some replays out there of Dustin Johnson's putt, and somehow, some way, it's been sped up. The 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 video has been sped up. That putt took forever yeah. to get to the hole. Yeah. And then you know, and it looked like five feet away. He said, "Well, that's good." Rom just wanted, "Nope, it's coming back." Come and then it goes in, and then twenty minutes later, a sixty-six foot, the longest putt made uh, this year on the PGA Tour, from what I've been told, um, that had at least what ten feet of break. It was enormous. So, yeah. By by John Rom, and you know, and then BJ, I thought he had made his putt mm. to tie, you know, and. If, it drifted off from one inch out to the right. So it was a, it was a great golf tournament, great golf course. Um, they, they have some problems with some areas that are too cramped up. Like, uh, yeah, you have the uh, third green, the six T right there, the seven T right there, the 15 T right there. It's and a the really strange tee. way. That, All, yeah. Those guys, everybody had to wait for everybody else, even though there weren't spectators and fans, you saw guys, waiting to putt until somebody else hit their tee shot and vice versa is a log jam out there. Very strange. Oh yeah. But it was, it's a very good golf course and it demanded every shot, um, every shape, every direction. Um, do you think who, who is in and charge? Our, and I don't know if you're, you, you can sort of answer this, but you, you had said that I mean, it was a U.S. open for three days and then they watered. Was there a conscious decision? There must've been by on somebody's part, to make it play that hard? I mean, we came off of Dustin Johnson's 30 under par performance at TPC Boston during the Northern Trust. And there have been a lot of soft, you know, golf courses since the restart where guys were shooting really low scores. Do you think the tour wanted to make it more challenging? Or was this something that the golf club itself, Olympia Fields, was like, no, this is how we're going to set this thing up? Well, I, I don't think... Uh anything was done on purposely until Sunday and their fear on Sunday was they had to put water on the greens is because they were going to get burned out. Um, they were watering the greens on Tuesday. They were misting the greens on Tuesday and Wednesday. And I haven't, I can't remember the last time I saw them saw any tournament where they were misting the greens on Tuesday. It, it was just so hot. Yep. And I mean, okay. and, and, and the wind, the wind was full of a muggy wind and, and it, it just, they, couldn't get it soft unless they drowned the golf course with their water. And I don't think anybody wanted to do that. The rough was up. And then so Thursday came around. I don't think they thought it was going to play that hard. Mm-hmm. And then they light sprinkled on Thursday night. And I don't think they thought it was going to play that hard on Saturday, Friday. But then they saw what they had, the U.S. Open. And I think the only reason they put so much water on it on Saturday night and Sunday morning was because, one, they had time, and two, because I think then it would have been just basically uh, putting on marble, you yeah. know, it, and it would have been baked out. But um, all I know is the two best players were there at the end again. Yeah. Um, you know, when people say PGA Tour manipulates this, manipulates that, well, if they are, they're manipulated pretty good because they had by far the two best players that were there at the end. And Joaquin Neiman was certainly the third best player last week, uh, right up there with uh, others. And it was a good challenge. So... Yeah, um, I, it, it lived up to it. I don't know that a lot of players had very much experience before they showed up at Olympia Field. Some of the guys um, had played the 2003 U.S. Open. And there were a couple players. I know that Bryson DeChambeau had played and won his USAM on that venue. Um, but there was a lot of mystery about exactly how it would play. And, and as you said, it was U.S. Open for three days. John Rahm wins. Um, how important is it? Do you think, I mean, let's sort of put aside the tour championship, which I know that he's 
going to want to win and, and want to do well at. But heading into Wingfoot for John Rom, who I I think the world of I the talent as you and I have talked about before on this podcast is so undeniable. Um, and we're waiting for the final couple pieces of the puzzle, mainly a mental sort of uh, perspective, a different mental approach from Rom on really hard golf courses. In your mind, how big was the win on this type of course, the way Olympia Fields was set up for Rom two weeks before a U.S. Open? Well, it, it also follows his win in Memorial, mm-hmm. which had a stronger field, and that golf course was set up really, really tough, too, as well. Mm-hmm. So he's won, I think he's won on easily the two toughest course setups that we've played since the, uh, we came back from the COVID-19 break. And so that's got to bode well. Um, and the fact that, you know, he beat Dustin Johnson um, in a playoff, he held off Dustin Johnson before the playoff and, and, you know, he, he did it when it mattered the most mm-hmm. and he did the same thing at Memorial. Um, he has now survived two penalty strokes in in each of his wins, you know. So when was the last time you ever heard not, of somebody forgetting to mark a ball on the putting green or, well, or failing I, to do it? I talked to Doug Ferguson, Associated Press, and we couldn't. I, it's the first time I've ever heard of it. Yeah. Um, and I've been out here since 2007, so that was the first for me. Um, and the thing was, I mean, it's just mind-boggling. It it just shows you what the brain, how important the brain is, and and what the brain can do to you. He was jiggling ball marker in his pocket as he was walking to the green he was even jiggling it as he just i think two steps before he got on the green it was in his hand in his pocket and somehow some way he goes and picks up the ball the ball marker still in his pocket but that's what he's going to look back on the fact that he didn't blow up he made a six foot putt for bogey on that hole so he made it for bogey after the penalty and at that time Oh, he was either five over par or four over par. Um, and from that moment on, he just said, okay, that's, it's time. Let's go. He didn't blow up. He didn't feel sorry for himself. He just went out and torched the field and torched the golf course the rest of the way. I mean, he shot 66-64 on the weekend on that golf course. Um, it was impressive. DJ, yeah. DJ, DJ shot 69-67. He got beat. I mean, on the weekend. That's just top-notch golf at the top of the leaderboard. And um, so Rom has a boatload of confidence. And here's another golf course he's like this week. It's going to be another great test for these guys to get ready for uh, the U.S. Open, for Wingfoot. I mean, this is – it's right in front of you. It's tree-lined. The rough isn't thick, but the ball goes straight down, down. to the bottom of the ground in this yep. rough. And that's the one rough that these guys hate, except for, you know, 10-inch rough. But – that's what's going to be. You either going to get lucky, and more times than not, you're not going to get lucky in this rough. It's just going to go straight down. You'll have no control of your ball. You'll be guessing. And Eastlake has really some solid par threes. And it's a, it's it's a, a stout it's course. Good you know, setup. It's, it's a it's a stout course. It's a classic course. I know we've been coming back, and and I I've sort of come to accept that this is where we're going to finish. I'd love it to see them move the Tour Championship around, but I get it. You know what? It is it's it is sort of what it is. Quick question about Dustin Johnson, who, as we sort of said, you know, has been playing absolutely fantastic for the last couple of weeks. Wins the Northern Trust at 30 under par, is in the playoff with Rom at the BMW Championship. I was listening to some sport talk radio coming home from the Travelers, which Dustin Johnson won by shooting ridiculously low scores, but there were low scores all over the place there as well. Um, 
Mike Francesa said that this is the best golfer on the planet. People forget that. And I listened to that. I'm like, you know, this is somebody who covers a lot of sports and does sport talk radio. So you got to fill the airtime, but is not somebody who covers golf week in and week out. And now we fast forward to where we are and DJ starting to put some things together and play really well in full flight. DJ is really, really impressive. He's the whole package. Which guys do you think, you know, when everybody's healthy, because obviously Brooks Kepka is not. Rom is looking really good. Rory hasn't figured some things out. Justin Thomas is sort of here, but hasn't really hit his stride the last couple of weeks. When everybody's playing at their best, is Dustin Johnson the best one of the lot for you? Well, Rory in full flight is uh... – he, they'd be one and one a, and but then again, Justin Thomas in full flight, because Justin Thomas has shot twenty six under, twenty eight under. I mean, mm-hmm. this guy could put thirties, and then you can't dismiss Rom. Um, and depending on the golf course, I'll still say full flight. Tiger Woods is still as good as anybody out here in mm-hmm. full flight. Um, depending on the golf course, but DJ, one thing you you didn't mention is the fact that he also tied for second in the PGA Championship. So he's gone T two, win, and solo second. Finishes second. Yeah, loses in a playoff. Um, but he did win by eleven at the Northern Trust. He was so unbelievable. He was in full, full flight there and just buried everybody. Um, but again, Rory has won by eight. He's won by you know he's yeah. won by long margin. So. I don't know. I, I still think in full flight, I would still want to be Rory McIlroy. Um, that's just me. Um, but hey, I'm not, I'm yeah. not gonna yeah, you're not sp- want to be DJ in full flight or John Rahm yeah. or Justin Thomas. When, you know, so and these, Brooks. Yeah. I mean, Brooks if we if we can flight, get him back healthy, if if we can get him healthy, I think he's got the strongest mentality, the strongest mind, maybe of the whole group. And as you said before, like. That goes so far. I mean, he just walks in there, and it doesn't matter if it's a PGA Championship, a U.S. Open, a really difficult golf courses. Um, his brain, to me, is every bit as important as the driver, as those iron shots, as everything else. And um, it just speaks to the depth that we've got on the tour right now. I mean, it's not just one or two guys. There is There are a lot of guys. Um, you mentioned Tiger Woods being potentially one of those things. He he looked last week really frustrated. I know you watched him a lot. He put it together a little bit on Sunday. It was better, it seemed to be, on Sunday. And you and I were texting back and forth before he went out that you know he's, he's going to be frustrated by not making it to the Tour Championship. Since coming back, Tiger was T40 at Memorial, T37 in the PGA, T58 at the Northern Trust, and last week he tied for 51st. Which is more concerning for you as somebody who's been watching pretty much, I'm assuming, every shot? The fact that right now the driver is is sort of hit and miss or the fact that he really hasn't putted great except for one or two rounds here or there since coming back from the COVID break? What what concerns you most about him looking ahead to Wingfoot? Well, I think last week his iron play was the biggest letdown. Um, we're talking – one of the greatest iron players of all time, still one of the best iron players alive yep. and playing. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons he didn't putt well, because most of his putts were defensive putts. You know, and he's putting from 35 feet, 40 feet, 45 feet, um, instead of 10 feet, 8 feet. And it was really tough to get the ball below the hole last week. That was another thing. Pin placements had a lot to do with it. And you had to have your ball below the hole 
or you couldn't be aggressive at all. I just think he's frustrated because he, he hasn't played enough. Um, I think that's his number one frustration. Um, he really, really, and he knew it was a long shot. He knew he needed a top four, likely a top three to get to the tour championship, but that would have given him another four rounds. And that's what he's looking for. Um, and he's certainly not, he's not going to go to Safeway at Napa and play the four rounds no. there. Well, two rounds if he, four if he makes the cut. So he knows now he's going to go into the U.S. Open at Wingfoot. That's, you know, not the easiest places in the world to prepare <laughs> for, even when you've been playing a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we didn't see any, any concerns with his, with his back, with yep. his body. He always says his back's going to ache, but it didn't ache any more than normally it does. And so, He'll have an extra two weeks. It doesn't sound like he'll do another recon visit up to Wingfoot. So um, I would expect him to be up there on Sunday, take the test, so he'll be ready to go on Monday. Monday. And uh, he'll take his light, you know, do nine on Monday, I would imagine, maybe nine on Tuesday, maybe nine on Wednesday, and um, go after it. But uh, he knows he just hasn't played enough. Um and that's, you know, his back uh, and other things. And he's just, uh, I think that's the most frustrating part. But he'll, have, he'll go with what he's got. The Sneak is a true crime podcast from For the Win in USA Today. And this season is on a surfing champion whose life took a violent, tragic turn. Within 30 seconds, they're both dead. The Sneak Murders at Whiskey Creek is out July 29th, wherever you get podcasts. It, it is what it is, and he was able to do a little bit of recon work with Justin Thomas before the Northern Trust, so he has seen it. He'll be home now, as you said, knowing exactly what he's got in front of him. Uh, I had a chance to, to visit the course on Media Day last week, and it's it's just what everybody thinks it's going to be. You know, the, the, the fairways are narrow. The rough is really thick. They have been watering that thing um, all summer. It's been hot and dry up here in the Northeast, and they have put an ocean's worth of water. It is lush. Um, it is thick. The greens are, I had forgotten how undulated and fast they were already. Um, we played it as a bunch of media, you know, clowns and they had them rolling at around 12. And that's basically for member play. There were people out there who are members and in some of the landing areas, they're hitting off mats. I think they're shutting it down. This, this, they may have already shut it down, but it's going to be really interesting to sort of see how Tiger is able to bring his game and do what he needs to do. All right, let's look real quick at the Tour Championship. Do you like the newer format? And the format race basically debuted last year, but Dustin Johnson, by virtue of leading the FedEx Cup point race after last week, will now start this week at 10 under par. And John Rahm, who came in second uh, after winning, he is now 8 under par and, and so on. I get that it's easier for the fans to understand, and TV probably likes it because it's one tidy package. Um, and I think that certainly the PGA Tour did not like having two winners in some years, whether the winner of the tour championship and then the FedEx cup winner out there at the same time during trophy ceremonies, but it does feel a little contrived. Where do you stand on the, the format for the tour championship? Well, it worked last year. Um, by far the best player last year was Roy McIlroy and he started five shots back. Um, it is what it is. It's just a different way of telling you how far behind you are. And it, but the players know there's just a singular thing they have to look at, the scoreboard. They don't have to wonder, okay, if I finish third, 
what has to happen for me to win the FedEx Cup. And, you know, the projected points list is always getting updated. It can change from by the time you make a birdie putt on nine and you tee off on ten. Um, you know, I know purists don't like it. I know the uh, official world rankings are, are going to just go with gross total. And I know there's that outcome where Billy Horschel could be the best player this week by 10 shots and still lose. I mean, he could actually, yeah. let's say he shoots 10 under for the four weeks and Dustin Johnson finishes it even and nobody else does anything and passes that and they go into a playoff and DJ wins the playoff. So for four days, Billy Horschel was 10 shots better than DJ and yet he lost. I know that's, that's a, a chance that uh, is out there that the PGA Tour certainly doesn't want to want to happen. Um, but the players know what they have to do. Um, if Billy was in 30th place in the old format, he would have to win. And I think the top five guys would have to be in the top bottom 26th or 30th. Yeah. Um, so he could still, even in the past, he could still be the best player of the week and not win it. Um, but, uh, you know, all I know is it's, it's there. And the players know what they have to do. Um, and so Billy's going to spot Dustin Johnson, the world's number one player ten, and the number one player shots. in the FedEx Cup, who had 10 shots. So, uh, and as, so will Mackenzie Hughes and so on and so forth. But, uh, we'll see. You know, John Rahm will take to the first tee two shots back in the last group on, thir- on Friday. And, uh, they'll just go from there. But, you know, it worked last year. You know, Rory. Sure did started five shots back and he won and he was the best player last week shot the best score last year and so uh it is what it is um i'll tell you what's, what's what's interesting to me steve is that so many guys and i think this the public doesn't really sometimes recognize this making it to the tour championship and qualifying being among the top 30 players in the point list after the bmw championship is a really big deal to the players it sounds kind of hokey uh, to me, and sometimes I catch myself looking at guys either on Instagram or on Twitter or something like that, or you hear them talking about like, oh, I just want to get to Eastlake. I want to get to Eastlake. And it, it really does mean a lot to them. It's something that it, they're not just paying lip service to the tour and to Jay Monahan, but um, if you can if you can achieve this and be one of the top 30 guys, yes, you know, the world next season becomes your oyster. You're, you're into just about everything. You, you've got a lot of exemptions and it's shoot. But they really pride themselves on that. Obviously, they want to win the FedEx Cup, but do you, I don't think people really appreciate. Do you like how much it means to everybody out there? I mean, obviously, Roy McIlroy has won two FedEx Cup, and Dustin Johnson's looking to 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 win his first one. But he's he's into everything. But for a lot of these guys, you know, that are playing it, especially for the first time, this is a huge accomplishment, isn't it? Well, I mean, just look at Abraham Answer and Scotty Scheffler. If they don't win from now until the Tournament of Champions, uh, the Century Tournament of Champions, uh, first week of January in Maui, which everybody wants to get to, they'll be the first players to ever play in that tournament that have never won a tournament. <laughs> That's a humongous perk for Abraham Answer and Scotty Scheffler. Mackenzie Hughes talked at great length about how important it was when he made that five-footer to make it to the Tour Championship, because if he missed, he was out. Um but now he can set a schedule and these players is so important. If you're able to do it, to be able to set your schedule before the season starts. Um, and now Mackenzie Hughes can do that. All these guys can do that. 
and they, there's more of a pick and choose where they don't have mm-hmm. to go and play a tournament. Um, and that is huge. I mean, just consider your workload. If you don't know what you're doing, what your work, what your work schedule is going to be next month right now, that'd be a little concerning for everybody in whatever field of work that they're in. Um, if your schedule could dra- dr- dramatically be altered. Um, and with these guys, it can be. Um, but now they get to sit back and they can figure out, okay, you know, like Mackenzie Hughes, I'm in the Masters next year. I'm in the Players' Championship next year. I'm in the WGCs next year. I'm in the, you know, other invitationals yeah. that they've earned their way in. So they check those boxes. They circle those weeks on the calendar, and then they work from there. Um, and they're able to say, okay, I don't want to have to play five weeks in a row before the U.S. Open next year like I have in the past, or four weeks in a row before the Masters, or three weeks in a row before the players. Now I can pick and choose. I know I'm going to be in the players. I don't have to play my way in there. And that is humongous on a group of guys who travel, you know, half their lives around the world playing golf. Um if they know, you know, if they know in October where they're going to be in February, that's a big load taken off their shoulders. It is, and and I think that just the way that you explained it, it's it's something that people who aren't involved with it day to day and week to week have trouble appreciating. Um, in some ways, this year's Tour Championship, Steve, obviously is going to have a challenging time. It's going to be challenging for players to to create the buzz and their and their energy. People have talked about this. We heard. Rory and Tiger talk about it at the Northern Trust, that it's still different. And for a lot of the elite players who have big galleries and fan bases that follow them, that can really energize them, it can be challenging. And I think at this event in particular, that could be big because there's only 30 people. Under the the best of circumstances, it's a strange event in that compared with other weeks, there's not that much golf actually being played. Tee times are later. Um, the practice range is quiet. Again, like with 30 guys, there's never more than a handful of people in the practice area because everybody's on their own schedule. Um, the weather's typically warm. It's, the days are still long enough where you can take a pretty relaxed thing to it. Um, the Tiger Woods walking down the 18th with the army of people in 2018 is 100% an anomaly. You know, this event... Atlanta has gotten behind it in a big way, but but that's not what we typically get. And this year, no Jordan Spieth, no Jason Day, no Brooks Kepka, no Ricky Fowler. But you do get, you know, you mentioned Mackenzie Hughes, Lanto Griffin is in, Sebastian Munoz is in. You mentioned Abraham Answer. It's it's I'm not gonna get ahead of myself and say it's a changing of the guard kind of a thing. How challenging do you think it's gonna is it gonna be for guys? To, to get up and to play and to have that? Or do you think the fact that it is the tour championship supersedes that and there'll be plenty of buzz and guys will be pretty jacked up to get out and perform at Eastlake? Oh, they'll be jacked up. I mean, there's $15 million at the end of the yeah, rainbow. That's, a, that's um, a good point. Very good point. And there's other, you know, second place, I don't know, I think it's $5, five million, yeah, four so. million, then $3 million, two, and it goes down. So just on a money standpoint, two, and these guys are professional athletes. I mean, I don't hear, I haven't read any stories, maybe I've missed them, about Major League Baseball players trying to get jacked up for their games, the NBA trying to get jacked up for their games. Um, But I know this is on a much bigger field, and it's a much quieter field. Um, They're able to pump some music in there. These guys just have to figure out a way to motivate themselves. And 
they, they'll motivate themselves. First of all, the golf course is going to keep you on your toes. Unless you want to embarrass yourself and you don't care about embarrassing yourself, you're going to stay on your toes. The one thing is, though, they're going to be teeing off at 12 o'clock on Friday. Mm-hmm. I think they're teeing off at they're, they're teeing off at 1 o'clock on Saturday. I mean, on Sunday. Um, that's a late, late, late time. It's really the late. first time to go off. Because um, I think they're finishing at 7 o'clock Eastern time on the uh, East Coast. So that means the last group would probably go off at 3 o'clock. So it's like the Masters, you know, the final group goes off at three o'clock. So they're going to have to kill a lot of time. And, you know, with the COVID-19, there's not a whole lot of places you can go. It's not a whole lot of restaurants. So you're in your hotel room or you're out here stretching a lot longer than you normally do. It's like Tiger last week before his first round Thursday, the BMW championship was still sort of on East Coast time. He had his longest session I've ever seen on practice on the range before he played in his first round. He was out there a good hour and a half, and it's usually an hour and five minutes. Mm-hmm. But again, what am I going to do? What is he? He thought, what am I going to do? Just sit here on my couch? Let's go out there, get stretched out, take a little extra time. We don't have to rush at all. So these players, I think, you know, the golf course is going to be what it is. That's going to keep them on their toes. There's that big pot of money at the end of the rainbow that they're going to be playing for. So. There's a lot of things, yep. and you just have to figure out how how to motivate yourself. And if, if you can't get motivated, that's on you. Yeah. It's not on anybody else. So last, last point before It'll I let be you a, go um, is Roy McIlroy and his wife are expecting a daughter at, at any moment. We're recording this around lunchtime on Tuesday. So by the time you folks are listening to this, Rory and his wife could very well be parents at this point. And Rory kept it pretty well under wraps. There was a very small group of people who were – aware throughout the year, and then he talked about it in Chicago, saying that he would leave immediately if he got the call, um, and that his wife was, you know, had, had she gone into labor, he was ready to leave. Um, is it even fair to expect him to have his mind on golf this week? I mean, if if they are inducing, she, she, you know, delivers, and everybody's happy, everybody, it's human nature, you know, like you're starting a family, your first kid, um, your mind is not on work, and yet here he is on the PGA Tours, you know, one of his grandest stages. Would it be also one of the most Rory things ever if he ever announced and said, like, I'm withdrawing from the Tour Championship to stay home from the family? What, what, where do you think his mind is going to be, and how is he actually going to concentrate on golf this week? Well, I don't think he'll play. If she hasn't given birth, I don't think he's playing. Um, and even if he, she does give if give birth, I'm I would have to believe it has to be today. Yeah. Um, the general sense we've been we've heard is that she's going to push him. And he even said it. She would push me out the door to go play if everything's fine and the and the baby comes and everything's fine. She would push him out the door. Um, but he might not go out that door. Yeah. So we don't know if he's going to show up on Friday. And if he shows up on Friday, I would imagine that means everything came out great. Everything is good. Um, and he he'd be in a great mood. And, you know, maybe FaceTime would save him and he'd keep his mind on the task at hand. Um, but, you know, I think that's what's been bothering him. He's been in a funk since we've returned from golf. He was the best player in the world before the COVID-19 break. He's been mediocre since then because he's been worrying about his wife um, in, the, in the birth. And if everything goes great and they have their little daughter and everything is great. And Erica says, go out and play. 
he'll play. Yep. But we won't know that until that happens. But and if he gets here, I would imagine he'd be in a on cloud nine. Mm-hmm. And you know, and that I think might help. But again, I've never been a parent. I've never had a, a child and been away from a child. I, I've talked to some of these players what it was like the first time they had to leave their house and leave their children. And you know, they've talked about how difficult it was. It's brutal. Um, it's brutal. But it happens every day in all other walks of mm-hmm. life, so we'll see. Yep. So, uh, all right, listen, uh, I know you've got to get to it. But one last thing I wanted to ask you, how is uh, – you've been on the road a couple times now since COVID happened and we've gotten the tour going back again. Are you noticing any differences in terms of travel, when you've been flying? What's what's the vibe out there amongst the few people that are taking to the friendly skies and are, and are doing business travel? What's it been like for you? Well, I think Hilton Head, you know, Hilton Head was a disaster um, because of the way there were no restrictions there, um, not as far as the PGA Tour. The only time I felt really comfortable at Hilton Head, which was the second event back, was when I was inside the bubble at the golf course. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of the golf course, they were eating inside. There was no social distancing whatsoever. There were a few signs here and there. The beaches were just jam-packed. And caddies, some caddies and some players, um went out and about well that ended after that week that yep. it came to a stop after that week i mean we had no positive test last week we had no positive test the week before that no positive test the week before that as far as travel i've never had it's never been easier to return your go, your rental car it's never been easier <laughs> to go through security it's never been easier on a plane i've i've flown delta and you know they have the middle row seats empty unless you're with a family member and so you've always had space um, the boarding process takes much easier time uh, because they do it from the back to the front. Um, and it's still, though, it's still ghostly when I drive to Jacksonville Airport and I look over in the economy lots, the humongous economy lots are empty. Yeah. Or you fly into Chicago and you see those gigantic parking lots at O'Hare that are empty. Yeah. And the same in Atlanta. And that still gets to you. Um, but traffic has been a breeze. I mean, we were in San Francisco for the PGA Championship, and I think we were 20-some miles away from the golf course, and it never took me more than 20-some minutes to get to the golf course. Um, yep. So you appreciate every little thing, um, and you just uh, could take every day as the new day. You know, mm-hmm. I'm doing a lot of drive through getting my food, or ordering it to pick up, so I'm only inside for like two minutes. Um, yep. Just little things you do. You put a mask on if you got to go to a convenience store. A mask on if you got to go to a grocery store. You wipe down the gas handle before you pump your gas. I mean, it's just little things that uh, you have to do now, and it's fine. So, cool. It's sort of been the same. You know, I remember the first time in Jacksonville uh, when I flew up to uh, to Columbus, Ohio. Um, for the back-to-back tournaments ahead there. And it's amazing how clean the airports are, how empty the airports are, um, how many of the businesses are closed down in the airports. A few more have opened. I've noticed that a little bit in Atlanta. Um, but it's still jarring to see in the E-terminal in Atlanta where they have the largest um, eatery, the largest um, food place huge. where you can go yeah. and get yeah, that food court. And that's closed down. It's still shut down. And it, that's still eerie. But uh, slowly but surely, hopefully we can keep going. It's just like the PGA Tour. 
just keep going, get to the next week, get to the next week, get yeah. to the next week without an outbreak. And so, and the PGA tour has done that. Um, it, they've just been a marvelous job. So all of them should be commended. The PGA tour staff, the, uh, players, the caddies, um, everybody should be commended. Um, that we've gone three straight weeks without a positive test and there's been no outbreak. There's been no stoppage of play. And I think that's, uh, that talks to the plan that the PGA tour had in place. That talks to the, the, uh, agreement to change things here and there if need be. And they have little different protocols that have been altered mm-hmm. for the better. So it's, um, they've hit a home run so far. And again, Let's just do it week by week. Let's get to the Masters. Let's get to the Zozo. Yep. Let's get to the Masters. Let's get to the Hero World Challenge. Let's get to 2021. And um, and hopefully things will keep, hopefully continue to improve and improve and improve. Here, here. I uh, I couldn't agree more. I, I From everything that I've seen, everything I've heard, I've now been to two uh, events myself. I think that um, everything that you said is 100% spot on. It feels like travelers, um, when Jay Monahan came out and basically held a press conference that was talking to us folks in the media, but was really talking to the players and the caddies, everybody from that point forward has taken things very seriously. I've, I've heard very few people talk about leaving the bubble or doing things that really would put themselves at risk and therefore put other players and other folks at risk. There have been, a, as you mentioned, a long list of weeks now where we haven't had tests. It was unrealistic to think that there wouldn't be positives. I think they anticipated that there would be positive tests, but they have clearly for the last several weeks now um, done a fantastic job of keeping people safe, demonstrating that they can have professional golf tournaments being played, um, and hopefully that mindset continues. You see masks, you see hand sanitizer, you see people social distancing in media centers, people doing the right thing. And it shows because we have shown that golf can be played this way. It's, it's fantastic. Please continue to be safe out there, buddy. I really appreciate you giving us some time, especially seeing as how I had some technical difficulties, but we got through it. Enjoy Atlanta. Enjoy the tour championship and we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks a lot, Steve. You got it. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.